Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, June 7th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, I, uh, by the time people hear this, they will uh, have another episode in the podcast feed, an interview I did on Tuesday afternoon with Diane Phelan, who is currently playing Cinderella in the national tour of Into the Woods. I am seeing that show as we are recording tonight, uh, Tuesday, Woo-hoo! June 6th, and and of course, also on Saturday, uh, June 10th. Uh, so I talked to Diane, who was an understudy in the <laughs> Broadway production. She actually finished the run as Cinderella before heading out on the road. Talked to her about playing Cinderella, bringing Into the Woods and Stephen Sondheim to people across the country. Heard the joy of doing this show with all of the crazy Broadway stars that came in and out, being on the road with... Stephanie J. Block and Sebastian Arcellus had a great conversation, even gave a little bit of an idea as to what the the, show, the company's plans were for the Tony Awards on Sunday. Basically, they don't really have any yet. They know they're doing yeah. something. I don't think they're not normally. I think that's everyone's plans right now. We know we're doing something and that might be it. Well, well I mean, for them on the road, they <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. normally they would head out uh, to their next stop, but they are all they're all staying in town in Orlando on Sunday night to watch the show together. But great conversation. You can find that. First in Patreon, um, as soon as we're done recording here, actually, I'll finish that up and get that in there. And then in the regular feed as well. So by the time you're hearing this, it will be available. Of course, you can head over to patreon.com slash broaderradio, broaderradio.com slash Patreon if you want to hear it before anybody else. All right, Ashley, uh, not a ton going on today, but we're going to start the show with some reviews. We actually have two off-Broadway shows that we're going to get, dive into the reviews for. The first is the Atlantic Theater Company's new musical, Days of Wine and Roses. It features a book by Craig Lucas and music and lyrics by Adam Gettle. It is based off of the teleplay and film of the same name. Um, originally starred, uh, I believe, Jack Lemon and... Oh, I can't remember who played uh, the woman, but it'll come to me, and it's probably in one of the reviews as well. Um, but they are reteaming not only together, but also with Kelly O'Hara from uh, The Light in the Piazza, and Kelly O'Hara is reteaming with Brian Darcy James from Sweet Smell of Success. The show is currently running through July sixteenth. Just had a revi- or, uh, an extension. I'm sorry. I think it was the last extension. I don't know that it's going to have an opportunity to extend beyond that. I think so, too. And I think they framed it as such that it was the last one-week extension. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll have information um, on all of these reviews. But I do want to hit some of the highlights, starting off, of course, with the New York Times. And Laura Collins-Hughes made the show a critic's pick. She she said in part, in Craig Lucas and Adam Gettle's jazzy, aching musical based on the teleplay in the film, Kelly O'Hara and Brian Darcy James are an awfully glamorous Kirsten and Joe. O'Hara, an exquisite voice, singing 14 of the show's 18 numbers, seven of them solos. Directed in its world premiere by Michael Greif for Atlantic Theatre Company, this Days of Wine and Roses fills the old Gothic revival parish house that is the Linda Gross Theatre with glorious sound. She goes on um, uh, to talk about a little bit of the show and the songs itself. She gets into the construction of the show, saying, quote, Lucas and Gettle occasionally presume the audience's familiarity with the plot or steer so far clear of melodrama that they veer into an emotional aridity. Mm-hmm. But they also capture unmistakably the bliss that Kirsten and Joe feel inside their bubble of a threesome. Just the two of them. And alcohol, throwing a pi- private party that goes on and on. If you're unfamiliar with this, this is about a couple that 
does a lot of drinking um, and to how say it impacts the least. them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how it impacts them and especially their daughter. Speaking of that, uh, Laura continues saying, quote, uh, talking about them drinking, which they do alarmingly, despite their love for each other and for their hyper capable daughter, Lila, played by Ella Dane Morgan, who learns very young to look after herself and to lie to cover for her parents. It's Joe, obviously Brian Darcy James's uh, character, who finds the strength eventually to choose their child over alcohol and Kirsten, who feels abandoned by her husband as she clings to what was their private world. Um, Laura goes on and her reviews are often great, but they often give a little bit too yeah. much uh, away in terms Correct. of the plot. She does mention, though, that Kelly's character of Kirsten is a little less fully drawn than Brian's is. Correct. And Played by Lee Remick, by the way, in the movie. Lee Remick. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. I knew it was somebody famous. Um, so... She doesn't get into nearly as much of the performances as I would like, other than to say that they both sounded fantastic. Um, but Ashley, you saw it. Um, I did. There's a, couple <laughs> other, there's a couple other reviews out there that that praise uh, Byron Jennings, who plays uh, Kirsten's father. Very great. Um, you, Excellent. Yeah, yeah, you can you can read all of these in the show notes. But uh, Ashley, you saw it, so I wanted to get your opinion. It's yeah. only been a few days, and you often take time to kind of like formulate an opinion. I do. I hate coming up with a review straight away, and I feel like more critics should take the time <laughs> to wait as well. I really enjoyed it. Um, I this is the thing. I knew going in that it was going to be dark. I'm a I'm familiar enough with the movie, and they did change a bit in the end of the musical. And I'm not gonna go into like the spoilers spoilers of it or anything. Um, but they did make it a little bit more hopeful, I would say, at the end. Um, then the film is, I think both the performances were great. Uh, Laura kind of touched on the fact that they have this bubble and they really play with that in the music of these recurring themes. Um, but I do think that could have been strengthened. I never really got to feeling like this was a couple where it was like the real, I mean, really the thing with them, it was that it was us against the world. And I never really felt that way with them, despite how phenomenal the performances are. I mean, Brian Darcy James and Kelly O'Hare are the cream of the crop. They obviously sounded amazing. I knew going into this, this was going to be the best sounding and best sung musical that I would probably hear over the next couple months and correct. I think the music is going to take a lot of people by surprise. I think they're going to expect more of a classic style, especially since it's based on a 60s movie. Um, It's not that. It plays a lot like you would expect. Um, And I don't necessarily think they match up all the time, the styles of the two, both the, the time period and the music. But I do think it's pretty solid. I think a lot of people just didn't know what to do with it when I saw it. And my friend that I went with even said um, she would have liked it better if it was just a straight play as opposed to a musical. I really loved it as a musical, and I felt like the book needed to be strengthened. So it's kind of across the board. And it really is such a damper of a show, which if you're expecting that, great. But if you're not on a Saturday night going out to a show, uh, there were a lot of people in the audience who, who were reacting with disappointment of the character's choices. And I think that kind of influence the way that they felt about the musical as a whole. Very interesting. I, I've on record, I, 
I that type of I mean Adam Gettle and, and Craig Lucas's previous yeah. show Light in the Piazza very he different loves. sound from what yeah. it sounds like I just I don't really like it and I'm not a huge no. Kelly O'Hara fan I know um, you're Bright not Bright James of course ridiculous yeah beautiful yeah. So, all right, let's get on to some show and casting news and starting first with an announcement that was teased by the social media a, a day in advance. But we learned that Tony and Grammy nominee Jeremy Jordan will be returning to Skid Row this summer to retake the role of, of Seymour in Little Shop of Horrors off Broadway. He will this <gasps> time and play- hunky as ever. <laughs> he. Okay, here's the thing. We're gonna talk. We're gonna yeah. talk to Robbie Rizal. We are. Uh, yeah, very excited. Later news. today, Jeremy Jordan is clearly a very good-looking individual. So this is man. not to go yeah. against against Robbie's uh, screed on attractive Seymours. But I will say, like, he's always had a bit of like a a, a, a really attractive yeah. nerdy quality, um, which played really well in the TV show Supergirl, which he was great in. He was like the nerdy tech guy. Yep. So, like, he is very attractive, and obviously, um, you know, women and men love him uh, quite a bit for the for that. But like, I still mm-hmm. think he fits as a Seymour. Uh, sure. Anyway, he will be he will be rejoining the cast. He will be replacing Matt Doyle, whose final performance will be on July sixteenth. So Jeremy Jordan will run. Um, uh, he actually will begin on uh, on July 25th, but Matt Doyle leaves uh, a week or so before that. Um, but Jeremy Jordan will be running an eight-week engagement just through Sunday, September 17th, because he has another gig that he has to go start rehearsing for uh, right about that time. Um, I'm not sure where they're going to be rehearsing. It might be on Long Island, but that's a whole nother thing, which we can get into later. Um, so if you want to see him, head over to the West Side Theater between uh, July 25th and September 17th. In other news, going back to Broadway, Jordan, a different Jordan, uh, Jordan Fisher announced that he will take his final bow as Anthony or Anthony in Sweeney Talk yeah. on Broadway on June 18th. This is something that, to be honest with you, I knew was coming for quite a while, uh, but it, it just yeah. seems weird that it was such a quick turnaround. Yeah, like show- absolutely. What, like a week after the Tonys? Yeah, and it just opened in March or whatever. So it's a, it's a weird short run, which was always a planned short run. Um, and I know he's probably got something to go he's film bu- or sure something else busy. going on. Yeah, yeah, but it it just seems weird uh, f- that that this would be such a a limited engagement for him uh, in the show, which is not dissimilar sure. from his limited run in Hamilton as well. Yeah, it's also been a weird run from him, for him in general because he was sick at the start and I think mm-hmm. missed a little bit more, wasn't necessarily well-reviewed. So I'm sure there's a combination of things, including his incredibly busy schedule. He's a very, very busy man that has kind of led to this. But it is very surprising to see, like, one week after the Tonys for a show that's not closing that soon, knock on wood, um, to have one of your principal members out that quickly is it's an oddity for sure and considering that is just a week from this sunday i'm sure that we will find out who will be taking over as anthony fairly quickly i'm sure that we will both live and learn to find out who that is Mm. in very short order Uh, let's get into let's get into the other reviews that i wanted to talk about today this is the new show from brandon jacobs jenkins that is currently playing at the signature theater It's called the comeuppance it is directed by eric ting uh the plot description reads quote a self-proclaimed multi-ethnic reject group reconvenes for the first time in years to pregame for their 20th high school reunion over alcohol and other substances they try to reconnect who they once were 
with with who they've become. Um, This is a show I was supposed to see on my trip, and then because of when I was able to get some comps for other things, I wasn't actually able to go. Um, Ah. But but love Brandon Jacob Jenkins, and this show uh, was also named a New York Times critic pick this time by Jesse Green. I won't go as in-depth into the New York Times review, so if you want more of this, you can get it. And I don't see it till the 21st, so no review from me. Yeah. But Jesse Green's talking about some of the specific plot points in there, and he says, This makes for considerable humor, which Jacobs Jenkins, with his ear for the snark of 38-year-olds like himself, renders faultlessly, in which Ting's breakneck staging, never missing the details, amps to the max. It's a mystery of the fine writing and excellent acting that the humor does not squash, but, uh, but rather enhances the pathos surging underneath. When it erupts, it can be devastating. Brandon is, my opinion, one of the uh, best working correct. writers today. Um, and what's interesting, uh, Jackson McHenry from Vulture really notices something that I think people who are seeing a lot more shows in New York than I am probably have noticed as well. He says, quote, Three years of solitary writing time turns out to be productive. Seemingly every every playwright produced <laughs> seemingly every playwright produced lately has been thinking about the pandemic as well as its accompanying loneliness, many different stabs at generational angst, dollops of honor of horror and addiction, more of those later this week. You see gestures and ideas repeated, many different attempts to get at similar feelings. Then you oh, get yeah, to a play absolutely. like the comeuppance which channels and uh, and condenses what's been floating in the ether and brings it all to earth. Here's a drama where Brandon Jacobs Jenkins both sums up and reconfigures the present moment. And mm, that's what that. the best playwrights do, is they are Completely. able to kind of synthesize everything else that is going on. Um, Work we'll through the noise. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like with uh, Days of Wine and Roses or Days of Wine and Cheese, as I've been calling it. <laughs> no uh, we'll cheese. have a complete... No, that definitely does not sound like a cheesy show. Wine um, and wine. But I'll have the full, yeah, we'll have the full uh, review recaps in the uh, in the show notes if you want to check those out. And finally here, I've got a couple feel-good recommendations. First, just because Grace isn't here, but I feel like I have to point this out. Anytime uh, Anne Juliet does a TV performance, yes. Lorna, uh, Lorna Courtney performed Baby One More Time from Anne Juliet on The View this morning. Look, I don't know if Anne Juliet is going to win any Tonys? I mean, I, I very yeah. well might. I believe like, in I something. I'm, Goodness. Yeah. But like, their campaigning really, really well. And Grace Killer. is obviously a part of that. So we are biased there. Um, yeah. Can't I, help it. I, Too I would, bad. I would put, yeah, I would put Lorna Courtney down at the bottom of her category just because there's so many great people. But like, she is doing a, like, I think she's doing a great job in the show. And I think that she's certainly a, a person to watch moving forward in her career. Somebody else? That you probably should be paying attention to is, is Zachary Noah, Zachary Noah Pizer. He is currently getting ready to play Mark in uh, the Paper Mill Playhouse's uh, production of Rent. Mm-hmm. So as you do, he visited the off, off Broadway production of Anthony Raps Without You. Oh, and love. he, yeah, he was the, uh, the, I guess the post show duet performer that uh, Anthony often has. He sang Take Me or Leave Me with Anthony, which Cute. is pretty fantastic since they are, are both marks there. And you can kind of see Zach's love 
uh, and kind of a shock Adoration. and awe, yeah, yeah, about being able to do this with Anthony Rapp. So Aww, it's a great performance that. that Paper Mill put out. So definitely check that out. Also, his the Mimi from this upcoming production was Andrea uh, Mascasset from Six, the original Anne Boleyn in Six. So that oh, yeah. video is floating out there as uh, as well. Um, and actually, interestingly enough, the a paper mill playhouse video was um filmed by uh leanna ray uh concepcion who is in merrily we roll along on broadway but mm-hmm. she's actually playing joanne in that production yeah. at paper mill playhouse so she shot the video from the audience uh so very very oh, cool i there. love that <laughs> All right, everybody, that is all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at No, This is Ashley. All right, everybody, have a wonderful hump day, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. Bye.